Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Hey there, foodies, and welcome back to another episode of Foodie Films. Of course, this is your host, your chef de cinema cuisine, Kyle Reinfried. What's going on? What's happening? How are you, foodies? Got a fun one for you today. This is a last-minute little episode. You know, I try to keep it nice and fresh for you guys and have, uh, you know, obviously I've had some reoccurring guests, but when it comes to the movies, I like to get some new people on here, but sometimes... You know, some rescheduling has to happen, so in to save the day is my amazing girlfriend, Danielle, and we talk I Love You Man. Now, is I Love You Man a foodie film? I'd like to think that I make a good case for it on this episode, but that's up for you guys to decide. Either way, if this isn't a foodie film, there are a bunch of food scenes from this movie that we would have eventually talked about on this podcast. So, you know what? She loves this movie. I love this movie. I had a fun time talking about it with her. So, anything else? Hey, I survived Maine last time. I think I said how I was, you know, up in Maine. And I was, uh, cause great episode with Nick Lepore, Burger Buff. So great having him on. It was a blast learning about his whole instagram and especially his pop-up which i really need to check out and those burgers you guys if you're not following him yet check out his instagram and look at those tasty tasty burgers but yes like i said i survived maine i think i ate enough lobster for a lifetime the big standouts were well you know what camping up by acadia stayed at a koa campsite and they did a really good you know just your typical lobster you know, steam you know boil there it was really, really good. In Portland itself, uh, the Holy Donut, Scales, uh, Duck Fat. Oh, guys, I shared that picture of that duck uh, confit poutine. So good. Great Bon Me from Bon Appetit. And how fantastic is that title? Thank you for uh, Johnny, your global foodie, for that recommendation. High Roller Lobster Co. That was a recommendation from Ms. Giggles herself, Megan. Thank you very much. Uh, just a lot of a lot of great breweries: Lone Pine Brewery, Urban Fermentary, Bissell Brothers. It's a really cool city, guys. If you haven't been up there, definitely make your way up to Portland. It was my first time in Maine. Uh, it's it, it's a cool city. It's got a great Harbor Town vibe. If you cross over the bridge to South Portland, it definitely has a much more uh, quintessential New England vibe on that side. 
the main city of Portland, it, you know, you can tell that it's seen some rough days. It reminded me a little bit of the Rust Belt cities like Utica and uh, what else, Syracuse, and that, you know that kind of upstate areas. Unfortunately, uh, it seemed a decent homeless population there, and I know they're a city that have uh, struggled with uh, drugs, and so hopefully that stuff is getting better, but I can tell you their food and drink scene, it is just as good as plenty of other cities I've been to, and uh, didn't have to worry, learned pretty quickly, no matter where we went, it was it was more like what kind of lobster we were in a mood for, but you're just going to have fresh and delicious lobster. So fantastic. Didn't have any fish tacos on here, but after talking, I love you, man. I'm in the mood for some fish tacos, so I got to get those soon. So here I go talking. I love you, man, with Danielle. We're drinking wine. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Jingle jangle of the cubes. Because you couldn't get anybody else. <laughs> That's why I'm up. That's why you're here. Because I live here. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Danielle. Hi. I don't, I don't call you Danielle. I call you babe. That's jingling so I'm sorry. <laughs> here we go. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. You're my life preserver. <laughs> you're my person. This is documented forever now. Oh, God. Forever on the internet. I gave in to this. Cheers. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, I am joined by my human life preserver, my muse, <clears throat> my roommate, my girlfriend, Danielle. Hi. <laughs> Well, Danielle, for the foodies out there, they've heard you mentioned on this podcast, but why don't you go ahead and give yourself an official introduction, whatever you want to share, it's who you are, what you're doing. Like stuff other in my life other than being your girlfriend? Yeah. I mean, be like, hi, <laughs> give, your, <laughs> give your full name if you want. Can Say. Okay. Say all that. Yeah, all that. Just okay. what you're doing with your life. Okay. Okay. Hi. I'm Danielle Perhees Karan, also known as Kyle's girlfriend. Also. Yasamine. Yes, my first name is Yasamine. You say it pretty well. I say it, I say it in the uh, Haraji way. Yeah, Haraji way. Which is uh, Persian gringo. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I'm a photojournalist and. That's about it. And I'm your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my life title. It's uh, the title of your book, a chapter of mine. Oh, God. <laughs> That's terrible. It's so bad. That's mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not true at all. Your book is way better than mine. Or non-existing it's just biographies. A, it's just a picture book. A memoirs. <laughs> <laughs> Your uh, mine's just a picture. No, book? mine's a picture. Well, book. that makes sense. You're a photographer. It should be a picture book. Yeah, it's just pictures of you. Yes, all the it's okay. You can. <laughs> I shouldn't have put cubes in the wine. Sorry, <laughs> folks. As uh, I was going to have you on this eventually. I should actually give you like a first cut episode, not just like a movie, because you're you're a uh, an accomplished individual. And while you might not be a first and foremost a food photographer, you have done food photography before. That's true. 
It's true. I do restaurant reviews every once in a while. Yeah. Your main thing is uh, sports photography. Mm-hmm. You're currently covering the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. What's that like? It's creepy. It's creepy. nobody there. <laughs> it's really, really weird. It's like the first time covering an individual sport compared to team sports during COVID. And it really sucks. It's so quiet. It's like a whole arena. And there's like two people clapping for, for a player. And... It just really sucks. And there's no food vendors. No food vendors. Everything's closed. And they give us money on our credential to use every day. And I see like Pat LaFrida's closed. And... Pat, what are you doing? You're <laughs> killing me. And uh, oh, Jose Andres' play is Butterfly. Mm, it's also closed. No. Yeah, there's a lot. And so Kyle came in and saved the day with some cold cuts. <laughs> Exactly. Got a text today saying bologna wrap saved the day. Yep. You made it. I'd make it. That's true. So teamwork makes the dream work. Mm-hmm. All right. This isn't awkward at all so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, because of you. Well, I, I so I, I am, I think, I think I first said food Sherpa. I don't think you dubbed me that. No, you dubbed yourself that. I said I am the, your food sherpa mm-hmm. for New Orleans. Yeah. Which is true. Mm-hmm. I've been a lot of people's food sherpa in New Orleans. But we went there not long after starting to date. And we had a blast. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic city that is very special to me now for extra reasons. Because we went there together so soon. It was like a make or break moment. Yes. We just recently went to Portland and... Count when I stopped Portland, by. Portland, Maine. Yeah, Portland, Maine. The original Portland. Mm-hmm. It's before Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And when I stopped at Liz and Nick's briefly before, and we, we counted, it was just, just a couple places shy of the amount we went to New Orleans, and we spent a day less there. Oh, God. We ate and drank a lot in Portland. Yeah. But although I am a self dubbed food Sherpa to you and many others, you, you have been a food Sherpa to me. You introduced me to Persian cuisine because mm-hmm. that is half of your upbringing. Yes. Half Iranian. What's your favorite dish? Mm. <sighs> Boy. Kubide? Mm. No. No. Fessenjun. Fessenjun. Yeah. Fessenjun. Yeah. Fessenjun. Well, you, you explain what Fessenjun no, is. No, I want to hear how you describe it. Uh, it's a very savory chicken dish in like a walnut pomegranate sauce. I would eat it any time of year, but I would say it's particularly best in like late fall in the winter because it's like hearty. It's almost on the verge of like stew territory. Yeah, I think it is a stew. Okay, well, there we go. It's very, but it's very thick. The sauce is very thick. Mm -hmm. The chicken just like fall, if there's bones in it, it falls right off the bone. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, it's one of the best dishes. Yeah. I'd say that we have. So what was it like growing up eating Persian dishes? Uh, well, in the beginning, I mean, my because, you know, my grandma would come visit from Iran and she'd stay for like months. Um, my mom learned because my mom grew up here in Jersey, um, but she learned how to cook all of the Iranian dishes. And my grandma's known to be an amazing cook. And now it's, you know, kind of funny now in, within the family, my mom is known as a really, really good cook because she learned everything from my grandma. So 
I mean, we like till my parents decided to start dieting, we ate we ate Persian food almost every night. Wow. A lot of rice and a lot of meat and stews. Um so I mean, it was great. Like that like now if I go home and, you know, it's kind of a special treat now because we don't have it a lot. Um, but if I go home and rice has been cooking all day, that's just like the best smell in the world. It's so good. I've had kebab three times, I think now. The first time I went, I impressed your father by eating five. This past time I ate just all, so like, much. This past time I ate like seven. Just so much. <laughs> but that's like, I feel like that's what I have to do. I have not much else to like, offer in like a, a a manly sense in the world except for my stomach except your eating talents. My eating talents yeah like that's like i guess it it's probably hard for people to imagine but i mean like a, a meal is one kebab and rice which isn't a sides. lot in my it's opinion. still a lot like it was like we were overdoing it if we had two so the first time you had five yeah and then the, this last time you had seven yep folks if you could just see her face the disdain i don't know if i'm impressed or embarrassed (laughs) i'd lean the latter i mean you would make my grandma so happy you're like an iranian grandma's dream when i met her we're not supposed to touch and she went in for a handshake yeah came in hot yeah momony yeah, she like sprinted across the room and she's had knee replacement surgery, so I've never seen her move that fast. Yeah. You warned me, your dad warned me, like, you know. Yeah, it's I'm cust- a hugger. Customary. I'm a bear yeah. I'm a bear hugger. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. And she came in hot with a hand out and I was like looking at both of you. Yeah, dad, you and my dad was like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, your dad was just She wants like, to shake your hand. Yeah, she never does this. <laughs> But so your mom became this amazing cook with Persian dishes. She's she was raised. She's first generation. She's half Croatian, half Swiss. Mm-hmm. I've had. I don't think I've had any Croatian dishes. I've had sw- some Swiss Swiss sides. Yeah, you probably. So it's kind of. I mean, although I guess the bulk of my cooking, what I've learned from is from my grandparents on my mother's side. So a lot of I mean, I just cook what my grandpa has been cooking and i guess because he learned a lot to cook a lot in france too yeah so he learned so the bulk of what he learned cooking wise was in france Mm -hmm. when he lived there for a few years and he was in nice for a while too so it's a lot of that like the riviera and uh, and the part of croatia that he's from is the italian part so Mm -hmm. it's all just kind of a mix so like, would you say Croatian food is like salty Italian food? <laughs> yes. So, yeah, it's just a lot of like From my everything. six, seven days in Croatia where I was like eating where like the sailboat cruise for 13 younger people were taking us. So it's not the <laughs> greatest judge of Croatian cuisine. Bunch of bros. Bunch of bros. And... How many Kyles were on board? Only one, baby. Oh, okay. Only one. <laughs> um, pretty much everything starts with like... Butter and oil and garlic <laughs> and garlic and shallots. And then you go from there. So that's, mm-hmm. but he did, I mean, he's so great. Like I definitely learned how to season, season things from them. Um, and I mean, everything is just simple. Like they, 
they use pretty much the same like four ingredients for everything Mm -hmm. and it just tastes so good there's probably a lot of butter in it yeah you can't go wrong with (laughs) butter salt pepper garlic yeah it's hard to hard to mess it up but any dish you've cooked for me i've enjoyed and you're a master of salads Yes. That's your, that's your, I love my salads. That's definitely yeah. the Swiss part. They love salads. They love salads? Yeah. All the way up there in the Alps? Just chocolate and salads and counting it on their watch? And knives and being on time to everything? Yep. Yeah. That's a neutral about yes. stuff. Yeah. Listing the things I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's listing all the things I know about Switzerland. Yeah. What was it like growing up eating that food and like having leftovers bringing it to school or having friends come over and introducing them to persian food persian food smells so bad it was the worst (laughs) the day like after like leftovers yeah the day after it smells terrible so we so thankfully i mean so my mom still like i had the mix i know some of my persian friends that really like struggled throughout school because they were going to school with like kubida and cutlet and like just stuff that you don't want to like once you open up that container in a cafeteria it's just brutal so luckily i mean my you know my mom grew up here so i wasn't really bringing like she knew she She knew knew how bad it was like maybe the juje kebab which is chicken i could bring that in with the salad but i mean i did the usual a lot of stuff was just like sandwiches and you know bagels that's pretty much what i lived off of (laughs) bagels and rice (laughs) Peanut butter and jelly is a strawberry jelly? Yes. Or raspberry jelly. Oh, raspberry. Yeah. Not grape. Yeah. No. (laughs) Most of the time, both grandmas on both sides were making jam. For some reason, they just always had so much jam. So, Folks, you wouldn't understand the plight that I have. (laughs) Not the plight. That's the wrong word. But just the... How... um, insecure i feel towards the homemade dressings and the homemade jams and just everything like that like we don't do store-bought my family uh, yeah i know i'm sorry that we we uh, (laughs) supported newman zoma a a charity foundation by buying that glorious man's dressings yeah you guys make your dressings Mm -hmm. you do all that yeah i don't yeah i didn't have store-bought i think till i went to college Slumming it up and in I Syracuse. I did not like it, yeah. That should be a chapter in your book. Slumming it in Syracuse. <laughs> Freezing my balls off in Syracuse. Whoa, coming in hot. <laughs> oh, is this a family podcast? Well, maybe your family's going to listen. I don't know. Your mom's probably going to listen. Oh, God, my mom might Hi, Mags. <laughs> I don't even listen, but my mom listens. Yeah. You listened to those. I was flattered. I never in a million years expect you to listen to this podcast, but you've listened to a few episodes. Yeah, I have. Brant, you should feel special. She's listened to yours. Yes, I listen to Brant's because I know him and I like him. He's very interesting. He's very interesting? Well, yeah, I learned from the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Usually he's that's working you, when that, I see him. That's why you listen, folks, to learn things, to find out about these interesting people I talk with. Mm-hmm. And you're interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I f- mean, I feel I think you are. No, thank you. It's one of my favorite qualities about you. You're interesting. Oh, that's good, <laughs> <laughs> folks. This is our relationship again. A real deep dive into it right now. It's well, late so night. Me laughing at you. Yep, well, I'm, that's the hallmark of our relationship. 
It's me being a silly, silly boy and you just being, what did we say last night? Reserved. Yes. I'm very reserved compared to you. Compared, well, that's a lot of people. I am a peacock. What are you then? Mm. Well, uh, usually the female version of all the animals are like the... Oh, yeah. They are like the more, lack of a better word, dull colors. Because they're the ones that are, like, protecting everything else. So, like, the males have to be, like, loud and, like, hunters, look at me, look at me. Oh, that's why. Yeah. And okay. you're, like, protecting the nest. Okay. There's no nest in this case. No. Just thinking dull colors. I guess, I mean, I am very brown right now. You wear, so. you do wear a lot of black, though. I do. So, yeah. Kind of blended. It's kind of perfect. Okay. Yeah, it works. <laughs> Makes sense. There's part of the animal kingdom. As you wear a flamingo shirt. (laughs) I am wearing a flamingo shirt. (laughs) This is true, folks. I'm wearing a flamingo shirt. My name is Kyle. I'm drinking Pinot Grigio. Mm, With ice. With ice. Well, do you have anything else to say about your food upbringing? Um, I mean... I guess, I don't know if it's, like, different than most people, but we definitely, you know, it was a home-cooked meal, like, every single night. Yeah. That was a lot with my family, too. Maybe mm-hmm. with my mom. I mean, my dad working full-time. My mom, she worked part-time. I forget until how old I was, and then went back to full-time. But it was usually, yeah. You were, was... I think you were pretty young. I thought she said you were, like, four or five when she went back. Yeah. I don't know how she juggled it, honestly. Because Mary Fran is an amazing woman. Yeah, she really is. She's probably listening to this too. <laughs> it's bringing our families closer and closer together with our voices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my mom when she's getting emotional. <laughs> but seriously though, like being a nurse and working those 12 hour shifts and then. Well, that wasn't back then. That was like eight hour. Oh, and a half, still, so. I mean. No, I, I'm not. Take, trust yeah. me, I'm not trying to take anything away from my mom. I gotta say, it's been because I have been working a lot. It's. And if, Way to rub it in. And if you're home, it's so nice to come home and you're cooking dinner. Like It's just such a relief. It's like, oh, my God. Because usually I'm, like, really grumpy because of traffic or finding parking. No. <laughs> don't say that. You're never grumpy. Shut up. <laughs> you know that I need a minute. I come in and it smells nice, you know, because you're cooking. And then I have to go in the – I have to go to our room and just <laughs> – Decompress for yeah. a second so I don't. And I'm usually in a mood too for some reason, <laughs> for no apparent reason. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I made you. It was a good chicken piccata last night. It seems like a month ago already. Yeah, last night it was really good. Yeah. What was your favorite part of our main trip? Food wise. Um. It honestly might be the first night we were at the campsite. Wow. And we got we ate sweet. a lot of great spots. Yeah, but I think. That just felt so mean because we went to that little lobster shack. We got the steam lobster that was so good. Yeah. And we were sitting next to a campfire and you see the water. cheese too. Yeah. That we had, that we split. We were on the water. That was really nice. It was nice. I would like to spend more time up in Acadia. Not, well, you can't camp in Acadia right now due to the pandemic, but the KOA campsite. Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah, that was That food was great there if it wasn't for like you know i just wanted to like eat out in bar harbor as well but if we were staying there longer i definitely besides cooking ourselves at the campsite we were camping longer i would have had another meal there i think also uh at least in bar harbor you definitely have to make reservations yeah because it was really crowded with tourists 
we we were there over a weekend, Saturday and Sunday night. Yeah, but it it was a little tough to find something to eat. I mean, yeah. it was late, and you know we were we planned this trip pretty last minute, but yeah, yeah, I think we could have made reservations elsewhere. But as far as it, as crowded as it was, they did an excellent job. As you know, uh, hand sanitizer, masks everywhere. Mm-hmm. They handled that pretty well. Yeah. I think they were just and the the con- contact tracing. Contact tracing. They were just prepping, like, from, you know, I mean, just like the Jersey Shore is seasonal. But this, I mean, they're very seasonal as well. But they just have been handling it, I feel like, a lot better than New Jersey. With mm-hmm. their signage up and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely felt safe. I mean, somebody at work had said... You know, why are you going away right before you start the U.S. Open? Because, you know, we have to get tested. I got tested right beforehand to make sure that I could actually cover it. And um, I was just like, there's no way. You know, I've been, before we left, I was doing a lot of work with high school kids. Yeah. I've just been with high school kids this whole time. And I wear an N95 mask, but still, like. There was no extra risk of us going to Maine than your just usual Than my usual job, yeah. yeah. Especially so, since Maine is one of the few states we can go to, and we're one of the few states they're allowing. It. Yeah. So if anything, that's why I said I was like, it's so much safer, honestly, than being home and going to work. Yeah. So it worked out. I loved it up there. They're definitely on my list of uh, city takeover, like I did for New Orleans on the podcast. I want to go up there and talk to uh, just a bunch of Hava people, a bunch of lobsters. I do wish that we spent more time at Liquid Riot. In Portland. Liquid Riot Their was the first Their food was really, place. really good. Yeah. What were those mushrooms again? Mushroom trumpets? You know I'm not a big mushroom person. Yeah. That was amazing. I mean, it was definitely like Asian inspired. Yeah. We only had two appetizers, but I would have gone Because we were going to that awesome dinner at... Scales. Scales. Yeah. I was going to say Seared, but Scales. Yeah. Yeah. That was so good. Your scallop go, dish there was fantastic. Yeah. I would go back to both those places. Yeah. Yeah. Liquid Riot. The beer. Not hating Liquid Riot. There's some other places I like the beer more, but the food there was really good. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole distillery, so I'm surprised yeah. that you didn't try, you didn't want to try the bourbon or anything. Are you angry that I paced myself? <laughs> yes. Are you upset with me? Yes. Okay. Well, we both got that beer, right? Pace yourself. <laughs> yeah, that was that's there. Not, yeah. Yeah. I thought that's why you were saying that. I was nope, like, oh, I'm great not, callback. I'm mm. not that witty right now, this mm-hmm. time of the day. Mm. Mm. Do you have a rough day? It was a lot. Worked at the deli, then went down and recorded next week's episode. Mm-hmm. So next week's episode is an interview with Scott of Alternate Ending Brewing Company. New business that's opening up in, I guess that's technically Aberdeen, New Jersey. It's yeah. right next to Matawan. We've been waiting for it for a while. Yeah. We've been talking about it for a while. Yeah, but I'm excited. They're hoping uh, in six weeks. But you're going to hear all about it next week. But that was uh, part of my day today. So a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of driving around, but it's fine. I like to drive. I sat in a lot of traffic today. I sat in a lot. I'm sorry. That's okay. Folks, you're getting a real sneak peek into our uh, amazing conversations that we have. <laughs> well, I know I'm going to be up for a little scrutiny for this. But when I asked you very last minute if you could guess on this... One movie really came to mind because I know you said it a while ago. And it's a movie that I do think about a lot when it comes to food. Now, is this a foodie film? It doesn't fall under my three kind of criterias for your typical foodie film, which are if the movie is just 
about food, like clearly about food, or if it takes place in a restaurant or a bar, like Clerks 2 with movies, or the third is if a character works in food. None of these make it on there, but this movie has a lot of food in it, and I think a lot of memorable food scenes. So what are you, what are you, and the, well, did I say the movie yet? And that's no. how burnt I am. The movie is I Love You, Man. One of my favorite movies. I Love You, Woman. Aww. Aww. <laughs> this movie. Why do you love this movie? Um, well, so it came out when I was in college. Yeah, this came right? out 2008, I want to say. I didn't write it down, but I'll look it up right now. I think it's 2008 because it was definitely on our rotation of... 2009. Oh, okay. So that, that kind of makes sense. So I'm thinking about like, you know, Liz, who was my roommate in college, who we went who? to Portland with, oh. with her husband, um, who lived close to alternate ending, which is why we're waiting for that brewery to open. Her husband, Nicolo. Yeah, Nicolo. Nicolo Leonardo. Yes. Um, and their dog, Bingo. Bingo. My favorite dog in the world. Don't tell the other dogs. Um, They're all listening, so sorry, pups. Sorry. Um, so we, yeah, there were like a few movies that were on our rotation, and it was definitely Step Brothers, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and I Love You, Man, just over and over and over again. Um, so, and I feel like I Love You, Man is definitely one of the movies that probably quote the most, which I totally forgot about till we watched it because <laughs> I haven't seen it in a few years. So I realized. Step Brothers was also one of the first movies we watched together. And I think you kind of like apologized to me because I was just did a little Michael Myers like head tilt like looking at you while you were just muttering the lines. I think at some point you said, okay, that's enough. <laughs> sounds, sounds like me. And it was like after our like third date. It was that's, pretty I laid down on. the law, yeah. Which is <laughs> bullshit because the amount of times you do that in movies that we're watching. Never. Do I do this? What an atrocious accusation. I don't remember this. Good thing it's not documented. <laughs> so this was just on, yeah, this, this, so this is end of my college years. You're two years younger than I. Uh, but it is a very quotable movie. It is something that I'm like, oh yeah, I do say like a lot of little lines from this. So it wasn't necessarily on my college rotation, but as I said to you when we were watching it, um, now if I was going to go, and I would like to, I would like to point out how progressive I am by having you on for this episode. That's called "I Love You, Man." This feels like <laughs> as as was it Jason Siegel said it because we also watched the making of afterwards uh, that he a, a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. So you one would think that out of all my bromances out there that I would have. One of my, you know, bros. I use that <laughs> word so frequently. Well, uh, but I, I think it works though because and like when we started watching it, and I think I turned to you and I was like, "I'm so happy you have friends," <laughs> because we do have our separate lives. But I mean, I really like your friends. Well, that's the great thing. Even Brian. To even. <laughs> wow, Brian. <laughs> Just because I know he's going to listen to this. <laughs> um, 
No, that is a huge part of why we work, why I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of relationships out there work. And something interesting that's a big plot of this movie is having great groups of friends. Mm-hmm. And which you do, I do, and then we each, while well, maybe our groups of friends, because that's just obviously hard to coordinate this much later in our lives, maybe we're in our early 20s when everyone had like more time or whatever before people were getting married and having kids and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that's not blaming any of our friends. This is this is a fact. Uh, but point being that I get along with your friends, you get along with my friends. We enjoy hanging out with one another, vacationing, all that kind of stuff. But that is that's a fun, simple like I can't think of another movie off the top of my head, and just a great comedic idea to make a movie that is about a guy that doesn't have friends. She's got a great group of friends, and the big you know it's like. Oh, shit, just hit the fan because I need people for this wedding party. Now, is it obviously like any comedy then get like a little too silly or just, you know, sillier than it should be? Because in the end, I mean, yes, okay, she's going to have a bunch of bridesmaids, but you could just be like, listen, I don't have a lot of friends. Like I'm going to have my brother be my best man or my dad even or what have you. But it's even so sad that his it's so... uh... J.K. Uh, was it J.K. Simmons? Yes. So freaking funny, and just him saying that Robbie is his best friend. <laughs> yeah, Robbie played by Andy Samberg, the, so is the younger brother. Of Paul, yeah, Paul Rudd. This movie. Yes, yeah, so the younger brother is his best friend. <laughs> the look on Paul Rudd's face. And Hank Mardukas. Yes, Hank Mardukas. Yes. So this was I kind of started the idea earlier. This. Since it came out in 2009, I think like March or something like that, I watched a lot this summer after graduating with Shane and Tommy, my former roommate, before you kicked him out. Sorry, Tommy. It's okay. He doesn't listen. Nobody <laughs> listens. Uh, but we watched this a lot. And then also, I think right before the summer before it was Pineapple Express, because I definitely remember watching that in, in college. And we would refer to one another as Dunbar Santiago and Hank Mardukas. And that's, <laughs> that's a, cute. a fun factoid. It's very cute. But this movie, with its quotable lines and its phenomenal cast, and we both kept going, oh yeah, this person's in it. Oh yeah, this person is in it. You've got Paul Rudd as Peter Clavin, Jason Siegel as Sidney Fife, Rashida Jones as Zoe Rice. I don't know if her last name is ever said in the movie. Sarah Burns is Haley, Jamie Presley is Denise, John Favreau <laughs> as Barry. Awesome. I just love I mean he's just his dry comedy is welcomed by I mean, me like, in always any has comedy. A, always has like a toothpick in his mouth. He's just so funny. Yes. And I I mean, just this movie is so awkward and just his tension between him and Peter is phenomenal. And he had just, as we learned, I mean, I remember watching the making of a while ago, but he had just finished making Iron Man, and it was a huge hit, because that was 2008, and he had already, like, signed on to play this part in this movie, and Robert Downey Jr.'s like, that's the perfect thing to do right now, you just directed the biggest blockbuster in a while, like, just go have fun, because his roots are comedic between Made and... uh, Oh. Elf count. Oh well, Elf counts as far as yeah, directing it. And is he, is he in that movie? Yeah, isn't he? Uh... Does he do a voice? 
I hope we find her dead. What's that? Uh... <laughs> the narwhal? Isn't he the narwhal? Bye, buddy. Yeah. Does <laughs> he do that? I don't know. I mean, he was also, I mean, he was on, uh, you know, like Seinfeld as the clown. He was on Friends, one of your favorite shows. Mm-hmm. As a love interest, potential love interest for Monica. He became a... He turns into a boxer. UFC fighter. Wow, I just schooled you. I'm friends. Shut up. It's okay. It's late at night. We're drinking wine. Yeah. Um, I don't swingers. Know. I didn't say swingers. That was mm-hmm. like before he directed me. Swingers. Uh, but there were so many people that just had one line, like uh, two of um, Jason Siegel's friends. Oh. Robbie from New Girl, and then the other guy who's in the, the Santa Claus movies, plus uh, a lot of other stuff. Yeah, David Crumholtz. Yeah. Yeah. He's in a lot of other stuff. I don't he's know why I stuff. only thought of the Santa <laughs> Claus movie. Well, it's kind of sad. Well, uh, Paul Rudd's parents are played by Jane Curtin, the amazing original SNL cast member, Jane Curtin. And as you said, J.K. Simmons, brother Andy Samberg, the character of Doug, played by <laughs> Thomas Lennon, one of my favorite characters in this movie. Then we've got Rod. You're a whore, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking whore. Uh, and we got Rob Hubel, Kim Whitley. That's the name of the actress that works in the office with uh, Peter that you're trying to remove. Yeah. Uh, Aziz Ansari is in yeah, this. Nick Kroll so is in this. Jay Chandrasekhar. Joe Latruglio. Joe Latruglio. Give me everything you got. Yeah. Everything you got. That's why. Well, I mean, because we, you know, watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine together. And it took me to like season four to not associate him with that role. Yeah. We get a lot of, uh, I guess, original meetings in this movie because we get uh, we get the Brooklyn Nine Nine, we get Palm Springs between Andy Samberg and J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. We also get Paul Rudd, who eventually plays Ant Man, and uh, John Favreau played in two thousand eight Happy Hogan, and then throughout the series. I don't know if they ever have a scene together in uh, any of the Avengers movies, but some early beginnings of that. We get like I think the, the first iPhone ever in it. Which takes amazing pictures for uh, billboards. billboards. <laughs> that, yeah, there's no way that that would ever happen. This movie is Rush heavy, which is fun because Jason Siegel is also a big fan of Rush on the TV, the one season of Freaks and Geeks. We get an Anwar Sadat reference. <laughs> we get Lou Ferrigno playing Lou Ferrigno. Mm-hmm. I always love moments like that when actors play themselves or like, you know, like a fun little oh, qu- quasi version of themselves. Who plays Tevin? Tevin is Rob Hubel. Mm. Yeah. What a name, Tevin. Something that I thought was funny was that you said early on, I've never been to LA. We were supposed to have been to LA back in well, May no, for I, I have been to LA. Oh, you have that, been to LA. As a kid, though, because you okay. know, that's like Tarantulas, so I've yeah. been there to see family. Okay. But really, the most I know about LA, I feel like, is from this movie. <laughs> this is a very LA movie. You wouldn't think that, but I would say that as much as like how much this is a food movie too. It's just very, well, it they, shows you the different neighborhoods pretty well. They get the quintessential stuff, right? They get tacos, like for LA, I mean. Yeah. They get tacos. What else do they get? Well, they're on Muscle Beach and they have falafels and corn dogs. Mm-hmm. I love the open house and just showing the people, I think too. Like like I said, they go, they're at Muscle Beach, Venice Beach right there. They're in the hills that mm-hmm. when he's showing the houses. So let me just say off, just right now, as far as food scenes go and why I, this, there's always food in every scene. We both said, I feel like at the same time, I think this movie was produced or sponsored by Heineken. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I kept seeing the Heineken. And also the Heineken mini keg. That's when I said it. The Heineken, yeah, Heineken mini keg. Uh, making the root beer floats with, mm-hmm. uh, what is it, it's not a pet, uh, Pirouette. Pirouette from Pepperidge Farm. Yeah. Uh, the drinking at poker night, which we also got in the making of to see how that vomit cannon came to be. Mm-hmm. It was pretty spectacular. It's a lot of soup. A lot of soup in that yeah. vomit cannon. Uh, dinner with Doug. That's the great. I love one of my favorite moments of this movie is his meeting of people montage. Mm-hmm. So we get dinner with Doug. He's uh, at the gym and Robbie is introducing him to, you know, Joe Latruglio's character. They go to a soccer game. But I think they mean they're drinking at that game, too. Uh, he has lunch with a much older looking Mel Stein than mm-hmm. he was in, on Friend Finder or something like that. Mm-hmm. I love that Mel was eating cantaloupe with like cottage cheese. Yeah, in it. that's what I was say. <laughs> it's like a huge cantaloupe too. Like a half a cantaloupe with cottage cheese. Yeah, it's a lot. I feel like my mom used to eat that. <laughs> I never do you like cottage cheese? No, I don't yeah, think I ever had cottage cheese growing up. Yeah. I know Shane likes cottage cheese. That's weird. It's something I know about my friend. Okay. Okay. Uh, the spread at Lou Ferrigno's house. And I love that Lou Ferrigno, when he gets uh, annoyed at Peter, he says, it's always about like nibbles and bites with you. Yeah. It's like, I don't give a shit if, what did he say? I don't give a shit if you serve rosemary. Paninis? No, he said something else. And then Peter says it's a panini. And then Lou Ferrigno gets mad. Mm. You won't like it when he gets mad. No. And that's just... To me, the introduction and what truly makes it more of a foodie film for me is just friends getting together and having food together, which plays a big part. I mean, so we get Sydney and Peter meeting at one of Peter's open open houses at Lou Ferrigno. That's the big party. He needs to sell this Ferrigno estate because he's getting married in the beginning. He's He proposes to Zoe and he wants to open up this, what, like a little shopping mall area yeah it's like a development little development Mm -hmm. and so he needs to sell the house for that also they've only been dating for eight months eight months so we would have been married for almost two years at that point oh god (laughs) that's why i love her folks it's just eight months. Eight months? Yeah, that's crazy. Also, his family really sold him out on how many women he like dated over the years so that he was a girlfriend guy. Yeah. And that when his mom said that Never had she time wasn't... Never friends, yeah. Well, his mom said that Zoe wasn't the first one that he took to the Chinese restaurant. Why would you say that? When, yeah, when they have yeah, another food scene, when they have their engagement dinner mm-hmm. at the Chinese restaurant at, I think I wrote it down... Something Palace. Hmm. John Faber walks in and says, smells like a pet shop. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there are certain lines from that that I, so many times, just say it like a... Slap the bass. (laughs) That, although we we switched it to, um, because we were such alcoholics, we switched it to slap in the bag. Because we'd get Franzia in college. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> it's not. Slap in the back. Exactly. That's what you and Liz would say? Yes. Uh, yeah. Just a couple of college girls just <laughs> slapping the Franzia bag. Yep. That's fun. Barely getting through life. 
That and uh, and like I had asked you, like, oh, is this is my nightmare? Is that in something else too? Because we do say that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's from the golf scene. This yeah. is my nightmare. Yeah, Jason Siegel is just so good with like getting over the top angry with that kind of stuff. He is really good. Like I'm forgetting Sarah Marshall as well. Yeah, there was. I probably I feel like we were with those two movies. The quotes are very interchangeable, so I would kind of forget. Which is which. Kind of like, it was like, we would say like, this is my nightmare. And like, throwing it back to stepbrothers, like, this wedding is horseshit. Like, it was just constantly in that. Or just if anything was going wrong, like, I'd look at Liz and be like, I didn't order the salmon. <laughs> like, Anybody want the peanut? Yeah. I'm, I'm Samantha. It's <laughs> great. That's a great food. All the drinks. Probably like Jason Siegel. So good. So good. Something fun. So when they... So they meet at the open house. I love what he says. Um, he's like, when he, uh, Paul Rudd thanks Jason Siegel for being so honest. He's like, thank you for the sun-dried tomato aioli. It's a revelation. There are certain things that they say that it's like, oh, it's magnificent. Or like when they're talking about chocolate. It's delightful. It's delightful. It's delightful. And Jason Siegel is just a national treasure. As is Paul Rudd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Paul Rudd is a national treasure. Jason Siegel's like, what's below? What's just well, a maybe step Jason below Siegel, national treasure? Maybe Jason Siegel's a national treasure and Paul Rudd's a global treasure. No, we should keep him in the States. Okay. Just for us. <laughs> is Jason, Jason Siegel's American, right? He's not Canadian. Oh. Mm. Shit, I don't know. I don't know either. I think he's. I'm I, think he's sh- I think he's American. I feel like he'd be from the Midwest. Yeah. Well, are you thinking of how I met or your just, mother? Yeah, I am. <laughs> Wait, where are they from? Can we look this up now? Sure. Let's let's look this up. So other food scenes. So we've got the at the opening house, and then when Peter calls him, and it's just as I said, one of the most awkward movies and awkward characters that Paul Rudd ever plays i feel like he plays such a great straight man in movies and then he plays like the silly silly characters like him for yang sarah marshall oh the weather outside is weather but sydney tells him to come to this place and they'll grab beers and then he sticks around and he has the best fish tacos hands down best fish taco i've ever had in my life god those tortillas were incredible yeah they make them in-house it sets up the flavor for the whole dish (sighs) I thought the best fish tacos I've ever had were in San Diego, not L.A., but I'll let that go. It was California. Paul Rudd was born in Passaic, New Jersey. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, well, he, yeah, he's from Jersey. I knew that. But oh. The, but then he's but then he like is mostly then like a lot of time in like Kansas City. That's what he considers home. That's why he was happy when the uh, Chiefs won and when the uh, uh, Royals won. Oh, yeah. Oh, his parents are both from London. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> That's why he did such a spot yeah. on accent. In okay, yeah, Marshall. when he was 10. Whoa, but I had no idea they started in Jersey. And when he was 10, they moved to Kansas. Mm-hmm. What about Jason Siegel? Um, Jason Siegel's from L.A. Oh. Huh. Kind of crazy. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. He is ridiculous in this movie. Like, he plays... I mean, he's he's... I feel like he's wacky and over the top in every role because even like in forgetting sarah marshall i guess he's supposed to be more like the straight man and i mean the movie's about him and the breakup and everything like that mm-hmm. but in this movie on the boardwalk and everything like that and all the outfits he wears he's just absolutely crazy 
with his puggle, Anwar. <laughs> yeah, anytime I see a puggle, I just, I think of Anwar al-Sadat. You also said how they bring up chocolate, and I love that that brings a little, like, little connective tissue, to little, little, little arc to their story. I don't know if I'm combining them, but when they're... I think fine. So Paul Rudd is so is kind of painful how awkward he is. It's the best. Like I'm not a big fan of cringe comedy in the sense of when situations keep getting worse and worse. Because at least it, it doesn't go there. It's not Ben Stiller movies that's just like oh you're just digging a deeper hole. But he's just so awkward, particularly with Sydney, and just in this I guess the pressure of trying to make a friend. And all the the whole nickname situation of mm-hmm. Jobin and like probably I mean definitely the montage of him going on dates is great, but I think when he finally I guess when um him and Sydney are jamming out and doing weird stuff and it shows them hanging out like they're on um they're on his Vespa uh, yeah. and just singing and like it's just that collage and he finally Paul Red is finally not <laughs> painfully awkward kind of a relief also anytime john favreau and um presley jamie presley yeah anytime they're together so good i mean (laughs) jason siegel saying that guy's hot wife when he's like making the speech at the table it's smoking hot wife smoking hot wife um yeah they play such a great fun couple together of just their whole uh weird little like okay you're gonna dress up as like this tonight you know she does such a good angry voice. It's like she's holding her breath the whole time and it all comes out and it's just so funny. He's such an asshole. He is Barry. He plays... Oh, John Favreau is so good. And never makes another food movie ever again. Oh, wait. Let me see. Oh, I wrote down that you said she would floss when talking about Rashida Jones. That's something you said when we yeah. watched this last night. What? How do you feel about their relationship and just... Rashida Jones and Paul Rudd in this movie. I think they're good. She's definitely so nice. <laughs> She's so nice? Yeah. Because he, I mean, he's so weird. <laughs> that she just kind of goes along with it. But. Are you, are you kind of commenting on us right now? <laughs> no, maybe I could be nicer. <laughs> no. I should probably floss. I don't know, she flosses. <laughs> It just, I'm just, I'm confused by, I mean, I guess now that we're like at a certain age, I watch movies and I think, how old are these people? And I can't tell because they seem a little too put together to be our age. <laughs> like she's flossing. Yeah. She wears an actual golf outfit to go golfing. They have a beautiful apartment or house or house, whatever. Yeah. It's amazing. Neither of them seem to really work. I know it's a movie and it's L.A., but <laughs> so I'm looking into it too much. Well, she has her own business with two of her friends and he's a real estate agent. So they get to, you know, booze, smooge and cruise. Yeah. I feel like it's definitely very like 2008, 2009. Yeah. It is very the 2000s and Tevin and his hair. But, oh God, yeah. Frosted tips. Um, but I, I do like them together. Like, you know, I was getting a little annoyed with her when she was ticked off with him spending so much time with Sydney. Yeah. But I guess I could see that because they'd only been together for eight months and those eight months she only knew him, you know, when he didn't have any friends. 
And they're planning a wedding. Yeah, they're planning a wedding. I don't know. I just... There were some, like, stereotypes I was a little annoyed with. Like, oh, of course she has, you know, the single friend that is just like, oh, I'm single for everything. I was getting drunk. And, you know, Haley was super annoying. I mean, funny, but annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she has that huge group of friends that she tells everything to. And, you know, the stereotype of like, oh, he's so close to his mom. And like, oh, it's just, I don't know. There were some things that I thought were, like now looking back at him, like this movie does feel a little dated. As far as comedies go, I think it holds up pretty good. I don't think there's really too many things that are like not PC in our culture now. Oh, and Jason Siegel saying, um, was he, he says, I don't do sports with women. Oh, well, that's just a good standard to live by. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> uh he also said something else like that something with sports and women and which is funny because it made me laugh that uh doug mm-hmm. and thomas lennon is so good paul rudd he's like the bears and doug is like oh yeah the sports guys <laughs> just like that's it's like it's just so funny it's like oh yeah he's definitely gay but gay men can like sports too yes it's just like women well, R- robbie robbie works <laughs> in a gym I think that's like a funny aspect. I don't. I, I would love to hear. Oh, that he's gay. Yeah, that, and he's like very open about it. His parents are like as like his dad like is very accepting of it, but they're just like crude accepting. Like you know, like stuff. You, even if you if you were straight, you wouldn't talk about. But like clearly, like Robbie is just choosing to be that open about like his sexual endeavors, I guess, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Andy Samberg and that floppy hair. Yeah, that's early, early, early Andy Samberg. Well, I don't know how much we ended up really talking about this movie. I think we talked a lot. I think so. Why do you think we're missing something? No. I I, I tried to state my case for why it's a foodie film. You know, actually, one of my favorite scenes might also just be when Lou Ferrigno puts Jason Siegel in a sleeper hold. <laughs> Hulk is putting him in a sleeper hold. And he fall and there's like spit and drool. No drool coming out of him. Or the or the moment when he he goes to punch him and he catches his hand. He's like, oh shit. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got it, Jobin. <laughs> what do you say? Catch you on the meninge. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. I feel like I've covered a comedy like this on the podcast which is it's very i feel like either way whether whether or not we were in kind of a little slap happy right now after w- working all day and recording this drinking our pinot grige that it's a very quotable movie and that's in that retrospect it's hard to recap because you just want to kind of yeah because it's like quoting too much quote, unquote, unquote, yeah. unquote. it's a movie with montages movie with quotes but it's a fun movie that I hadn't watched in a in a while. I don't know if I ever watched We had to have watched it early on together. I don't think so. No? Because I also haven't seen so many movies that I feel like most of our relationship is you being like, what, you've never seen that? And then we watch it. Yeah. Liz fills that void that we of uh, her quoting movies. Yeah, that's out. true. I'm pretty much dating Liz. You hear that, Liz? Sorry for that comparison (laughs) well let's move on to a famous food scene 
And I guess we'll talk a scene from that. I was just very, I'm very surprised that you'd want to talk such filthy and smut films that of the Harry Potter series. More so just because you don't let me watch Harry Potter as much as I would like to. Wow. And you hate on it so much. I don't let you so, watch it? Yeah. So this is me. So I just You can you, watch whatever you want. We only have one TV. Well, that was my choice. You said no TV in the bedroom. Yeah, no, I don't like that. But I love Harry Potter. I read it and when Grey's I was Anatomy. younger. Yes, Grey's Anatomy is my um, guilty pleasure. And there's a lot of food in Grey's Anatomy. They're always snacking. I don't know how they find the time. Well, they have to. They're doctors. They can't sit down for meals. They're snacking. Yeah, they're always eating like potato chips. The vent food. There's all the vending machines in the hospital. Yeah. They're also skinny. I don't know. So I was just... I Actually, you said Harry Potter. I did. Because hot take. I don't mind Harry Potter. I just love getting under your skin and calling it like filthy smut. Because of the few moments in the series that like... Because they are coming of age stories that they get a little into that territory. Which I'm sure they probably get even more to in the books with words. Those things I don't like. Words. <laughs> words yeah i like images well i mean i'm just it makes me happy that i'm making you talk about harry potter well the scene we're talking about is early on in the first movie in the what is it sorcerer's sorcerer's stone stone i almost said sorcerer's apprentice but that's a different movie mm, that's with like yeah, jay baruchel yeah. but sorcerer's stone mm-hmm. and it is i i like that we're kind of talking this scene because like I love you, man, and friends getting food together. And I think I said also for I love you, man, but at one point, like, he wants, he goes hiking and he has, like, the six-foot hero for his friends. And I just love that aspect of the moment can have food together. It's just, I love you, man, is hilarious, but reminds me of, like, moments that make me sad in real life. <laughs> anyway. Of you getting older. And yeah, getting older and not seeing friends as much. Yeah. and having kids. Exactly. But I have you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Anyway. Uh, so this is early on in the movie when Harry and Ron meet one another, play that scene, and we'll talk about it. Bertie bought every flavour beans. They mean every flavour. There's chocolate and peppermint, and there's also spinach, liver and tripe. George sweared he got a bogey flavoured one once. These aren't real frogs, are they? It's just a spell. Besides, it's the card you want. Each pack's got a famous witch or wizard. I've got about 500 myself. Watch it! Oh, that's rotten luck. I've only got one good jump in them to begin with. So Harry walks in, no, Ron comes in, says there's no other seats, wants to sit with Harry, doesn't realize Harry Potter, asks to see the whole lightning bolt scar, and then Harry also shows that he has a bunch of gold coins on him or whatever, and then I feel like it reminds me a lot of uh, almost like Home Alone, Lost in New York when he has money and gets a bunch of room service that then they cut to later in the scene and they have all the candy from the, from the snack cart or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which now is also candy you can get in, you know, in our world. And I'm sure they have it at those theme parks. Have you ever been to the Harry Potter theme park? No, actually I haven't. 
As much as you frequent Florida, and I understand it's a different place, Marco Island versus Orlando. Mm-hmm. Never been, and you're, and you're uh, supposedly such a Harry Potter fan, big Harry Potter fan. Interesting. Yeah, but that, I Very feel like... Very interesting. That was just like the last few years the Harry Potter world was a thing. It's been at least 10 years now. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's the uh, Birdie... What is it? Bot... Bots beans, I think it's called. Oh, Birdie Bots, every flavor beans. Yeah, every yeah. flavor beans. Yeah. And the ones, and the whole thing is that there's good flavors, as we would in this normal world, but in this weird world where kids are sent to schools where they die, <laughs> they also have jelly beans that are spinach flavor, liver, and tripe. Yeah, and there's also s- a bogey flavored earwax. Earwax, yeah. You said Dumbledore says at the end. Yeah. What does he say? And your best Dumbledore? I can't do that. Okay, it's just like, say it. Yeah. Alas, earwax. It's Dumbledore. But they also have, uh, then they have chocolate frogs that come to life and jump out the train. Mm-hmm. But I just love it because it's just such a simple thing even to go back asking you if you, you know, what food you brought to school growing up or anything like that. That's such a great way to make friends is mm-hmm. sharing food together. Yep. And even... You know, and it like, because Harry has all of the money and like Ron doesn't have any money. And so he's like, whoa. And it's just, it does remind me of like sometimes in school, if there are certain moments that somebody just had like $5 and we were in the cafeteria, that was like the best feeling ever. Or, or just the cookies. kid that had amazing snacks with them too mm-hmm. and didn't share. Are you okay? The bringing up some no, bad memories. No one ever shared their snacks with me. That's sad. Did you share snacks with other people? If they wanted. But did you? I don't remember, to be honest. Okay. No, it was fine. We grew up in a great snack era. Dunkaroos and Gushers and... Fruit roll-ups. Fruit roll-ups, oh, yeah. Yeah. Not fruit by the foot, fruit roll-ups. Yeah, the, yeah, the roll-ups. Because yeah. sometimes they also had, right, you could like... Images that you images, pull out. Images, yeah, yeah, you pulled out. I remember, I remember Rocco's Modern Life. Fruit, mm-hmm. fruit roll-ups. Yep. Have that too. Pork, pork chop. Also, also the, which I brought on our, our road trip, the Twizzler pull and peels. Oh, yeah. Those were one of my favorites. You used to just slap people across the arm with them. Yeah, which is weird because they're kind of sticky, so I feel like I don't want to eat that after. Well, kids don't have hairy arms, as you're like looking at my hairy arm. I did. Oh. Poor little... <laughs> Persian hairy arms. It's very hairy. <laughs> From a young age. I don't hear this. Folks, <laughs> this episode's almost over. Don't worry. I'm kidding. I'm having a blast. All right. Well, Harry, and, and you said Harry Potter food. There are a bunch of other food scenes. There's a in, lot. In a bunch of movies. Because, um, what, there's eight movies or something like that, I think? Yeah, eight movies for seven books. Seven books. I was thinking another scene was... Uh, when the aunt comes to the house and the um, Dobby, the elf, like, floats the cake over her head mm-hmm. and drops it. And it looks like Harry does it. Uh, and then... Poor Dobby. He gets mad and then she blows up into, like, a balloon and floats away. Oh, yeah. That's in the oh, second Oh, no, no. One, sorry. Right? Actually, no. I'm... No, you know what? Wow, this is terrible. I'm mixing up two different movies. This is the second one, right? Um, Chamber of Secrets? 
That just sounds dirty. Yes. That's, that sounds like but, an adult yeah. novella. No, but he no, but actually he no, he drops the cake over his uncle's boss's wife's head. That's oh. a separate thing. That's Chamber of Secrets. Then when the aunt comes and he gets angry and she blows up and it's like balloon floats away, that's another thing. But she also she's drinking like bourbon or scotch or something and she breaks the glass. And they just have huge banquets in the movies that are like you said, the changing of seasons. Yeah. And everything just like floats up from the table. And in the books, so I don't think you the movies like don't go into it that much, but the books they talk about because Hermione gets into a whole thing about like elves' rights and um the elves the elves in the like basement kitchens of the castle, they mm-hmm. make all of the food and they just kind of send it up by magic so it goes up and it you know comes up through the table. Boy. That's like every kid's dream. Is it? I think so. The feast like cuz like just... Ron was like double fisting with chicken wings and like that just I think turkey great. legs. Yeah, turkey legs. That's even better. Liz. <laughs> it's even better. Well, last but not least, speed round of questions, gut instincts. It's whatever comes to you first. You know the name of the Oh game. god, I forgot about this. Favorite fast food. Taco Bell. Can I say chicken nuggets? But from a specific place? McDonald's. Okay. Yeah. With barbecue sauce, right? You love barbecue sauce. Ugh. <laughs> Honey mustard. Go to alcoholic beverage. Red wine. Favorite childhood snack? Ooh. Probably fruit roll ups. Sweet or savory? Swoon. <laughs> Swoon. <laughs> Swoovery. Can I have both? Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> I love you. Okay. Favorite food city, and I know you are uh, well-traveled, so domestic and international. Ooh. International. It either, so it either have to be, oh, crap. <laughs> the name of this game is What Family Not to Piss Off. Yes. Because <laughs> I was about to say Tehran, but then, like, Croatia blew my mind, but then also Switzerland's great. Um, it's no, I'd say it's, it's a tie between, well, actually no, Tehran, like it's really just whatever my family makes. So that's not Tehran. It's probably Lisbon. Ooh, that's the best way to do it because no one's from Lisbon. So you're not offending anybody right now, but mm-hmm. people, you know, she wanted to say Tehran. So sorry to all the Swiss and the Croatians out there. Sorry. Oh, and, uh, oh, yeah, and domestic. But it'd be so... Well, so it would either be New Orleans or it'd be, like, Jersey City. Ooh, Jersey City. I think we have it pretty good here. I think we do, too. It's a hot take. Is it? I guess. I don't know. I think we have a lot of good food. So go to Jersey City. We have a lot of... You know, there's a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Diversity. Mm-hmm. Bunch of cultures. I like it. I'm falling in love with you even more. <laughs> God, people are going to listen to this. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, favorite cuisine? Persian. Okay. Might as well. Guilty pleasure food? Ice cream. No. No? Now that I'm getting older, it's not ice cream. You get excited when you hear the Mr. Frosted truck. I almost got it before you got home today. It's okay. You can do that. He passed by. I allow you. He didn't you, stop, though. I allow you to do that. Bullshit. Thank you. But he didn't stop, so it's rude. 
Um, I, I mean, I think all types of pizza. Okay. I, like just cheese. Yeah, you love cheese. Yeah, I do love cheese. I love cheese too. Favorite condiment. You know, it's funny is we've, hot sauce. we've talked about this a lot. Be. Yeah, it's hot sauce. It has to be hot sauce. Yeah, it's hot sauce. What's the, which one do you have in the fridge that you love? Slappy Mama? Mm-hmm. Yeah. From New Orleans. From New Orleans. What's the last thing you ate? Something at the... Oh, technically an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Ice cream sandwich for Wegmans. Um, or I got a turkey burger at the media dining at US Open. It was okay. What was on the burger? What was it? Oh, it was... You know what? They couldn't tell me what type of cheese it was, which was very strange. It might have just been white American, which is fine, I guess. Um, lettuce, tomato, ketchup. Ketchup? Yeah, that's all they gave me. Wow. Not even like mayo ketchup or like fancy sauce? Yeah, it was just ketchup. I'm sorry. I know. It's because Pat Lafrit is not open, so what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> what would be your last meal? It'd probably be the way my grandpa, it'd be a pork chop, <laughs> the way my grandpa makes it. You love pork chops. Yes. With a side of, ooh, with a side of um, my grandma's rushti, which is a Swiss potato dish. Mm. That's like comfort food. Bean potatoes, woman after my own heart. <laughs> dine in or dine out? Cooking at home or eating out? I mean, dine in. I like that we cook together. I do. I do too. Or that I watch you cook. <laughs> it's nice. What would be your spirit food? What food best embodies you, your personality? Probably be a fusion of some sort, right? Yeah. I, yeah. That or something really trashy like a Crunchwrap Supreme. Because <laughs> it's portable. You can eat it on the go. There you go. I like moving. it. You're always moving. <laughs> Going to the movies. What kind of snack are you having? Ooh, popcorn with butter. And last but not least, a great, if not the greatest lesson you've learned when it comes to food. Don't overthink it. Ooh. The key to our relationship as well. <laughs> yeah, I would say don't overthink it. It's a good one. Thanks. Danielle. Babe, you can go to bed now. Oh, thank God. <laughs> well, you know this line because I've said it a bunch of times. My dad always makes sure he says it now, like whenever he we're does. hanging out. <laughs> so funny. It's a line that my grandmother says, which who, who, whom you've obviously met. Would you tell the foodies out there that there's more to cut? There's more to cut. Oh, you got to say it. It's recorded <laughs> forever and ever. Thank you. Welcome. Good night. Bye.